Welcome back, Schmodown fans, to a brand new episode of Talking Schmodown. I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, here with episode number 62. And uh, I will be talking premiere episode. That's right, the Schmodown's brand new show, bringing us two great matches every week. It's it's good stuff. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk about this very first episode. We actually did have two very good matches. I was uh, when I when I found out what the what the undercard was. I'll be honest, I was a little skeptical. I was like, okay, you know, uh, this is what we're getting for our, for the premiere undercard. But I gotta say, I was not disappointed uh, at all. It was a, a great set of matches. A lot of a lot of interesting storyline stuff going on, uh, and I'm gonna dive into all of that. Um, but before I do, there was something that I wanted to address about the storylines and everything that's kind of happening. Um, so recently, uh, during the uh, like the press summit thing that Christian did, um, he, during that, plus during at least one Q and A on I think the Facebook page, Christian kind of laid it out that he doesn't really care about the faction race this year which i get you know he's focusing more on the show itself um but he's he he's very adamant about he really doesn't care that like the, the the plans really aren't set in stone aren't they're really not doing much um if you know if things happen like if they follow along with the points or whatever it happens but the problem I have with that thought process, uh, you know, like I, I, I was like, okay, if he wants to kind of do away with the faction race, that that's totally fine. You know, that's totally his call. Um, however, I have noticed that all of the announcements made before the, the pay-per-view, pretty much all of the storyline stuff that's been going on, all the cutscenes, pretty much, have all been faction-centered. And so... It, I I have a problem with if he doesn't care about the factions, why should I care about the factions? Okay, like we saw some big stuff happen on this episode, on, on episode one of Friday Night Titans. We saw uh, uh, we saw the first person to join the fan favorites. We saw, you know, with JTE, we saw Ethan Irwin join a faction, turn his back on, on, on a loyal friend. Uh, we saw both Ty Sheridan and, and Whitney Seibold uh, kind of come together and starting a, a new faction with with uh, the flirting flowers for all people. But the pro like I said, the problem is if Christian doesn't care about the faction race, why the hell should we care about the faction race? I don't. Maybe he's just keeping it close to the vest and, and he's downplaying you know what is actually going to happen with this. Maybe. I don't know. But I have a hard time being as invested as I could be uh, because of the sentiments that he has kind of put out uh, about, about the factions um, you know, for himself. So I don't know. Uh, I'm loving seeing the storylines, and I, I'm hoping that there is some really good payoff uh, to all this faction stuff that's been going on. Because, I mean, I mean, if it's inconsequential, then who cares? You know what I mean? At that point, it doesn't really matter. Um, but if it creates some interesting uh, storylines, some interesting drama, I'll be there for it. 
no matter what. So uh, I, I don't know. I wish that there was at least a little bit of focus, at least a little bit of like, okay, I may not be focusing as much on the factions, but this is what we're going to do at least. You know, we're at least going to do something with it. You know, maybe, okay, we will have like a mini faction bracket, you know, down the line. You know, just something, I, I don't know. Just I wish that there was some sort of known plan, or at least that we were given the idea that even if we don't know the plan, that he had a plan. Um, but it just doesn't seem that way. So I don't know. Uh, hopefully, we will kind of get a bit more when it comes to the faction stuff um, down the road. All right. So uh, we're going to kind of get into this first episode of Friday Night Titans. That's right. Such I love, first off, I love the name. You know, it screams wrestling, which is obviously, you know, that was the, the inspiration. And uh, I'm loving the structure of the show. Uh, you know, we get like, a, we got a previously on video to start, which I thought was really cool. Kind of gave us a little bit of what was has been happening. Really, it was just the the, the past. Um, a little bit of what happened at Spectacular, what, then what happened at the past uh, pay-per-view. Uh, and then the music, the theme music for, for Friday Night Titans is fire. David B is doing uh, an amazing job with these themes, uh, and he just nailed it with this one. It just knocked it out of the park. It's fantastic. So, all right. So we get a, we get a cold open with this, which I thought was really cool. You know, so we got that previously on uh, video. Then we get this cold open scene before we get the the uh intro music uh and everything like that so I, I like the idea of them doing like a cold open for the show it's actually kind of neat uh and this is something that runs throughout the entirety of this episode we get ethan Irwin. uh he's there he's talking to liz uh shannon miller he's acting he's like he's all distraught because of everything that happened with sam uh and and the usual suspects so he's no longer on a faction he, he he's aimless uh, or at least acting aimless. I don't actually know. Because of what happens later on in the show, it makes me wonder, going back and looking at it, was he acting? Was he was he just pretending to be like this? Or did Roxy swoop in uh, and take advantage of Ethan in that state that he was in? I don't know. Maybe this is something that will come into play later on. Uh but I'll be honest, it was, I was not expecting it. It was a big surprise to me to see uh, him go to the stars, which uh, we'll talk a little bit about later. Um, but yeah, so this cold open, he's there with Liz, like I said, acting all distraught. Uh, you know, he tells Liz, he's like, you know what, you go do what you got to do. Uh, you do you, I think specifically what he says. Uh, She's not super happy with the way he kind of just brushes her off. Um, but she's going to go off. And I think this means... She's really got nothing holding her back from joining the Quirky Mercs. So I think uh, I'm taking this as she is now a Quirky Merc. And the Mercs have their full uh, their full faction now. Then uh, Shannon comes in, tries to recruit Ethan, uh, say, saying she has the person that took the title from him. And that she's going to help him get it back. And... <sighs> That line confused me a little bit because it that makes it sound like she's willing to go against Marisol. You know, like she got Marisol the title. 
okay? You would think you would want to nurture your champ and keep that title on them, not bring somebody else in to dethrone your champ. You know, that doesn't seem productive. Even if you want Ethan on the team, baiting him with Marisol's title doesn't seem like the way to go. So I didn't... I felt like that. I felt a little weird about that one. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know it was just supposed to be like, oh, everybody's trying to get Ethan, but kind of throwing Marisol to the side for Ethan is what it felt like. And yeah, I like Ethan, but I mean, look what Marisol did last season. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, the numbers speak for, for itself. So uh, I hopefully there's not going to be some sort of kind of turn with Shannon where she, where she starts kind of going against Marisol. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to see that, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. It doesn't matter. Ethan doesn't go with her in the end. So that part doesn't matter, but maybe she might do it with somebody else. You know, if she can get a big, a bigger fish on the hook in her eyes, you know, as Roxy has been saying, don't trust anyone. Maybe something like that will happen. I guess we'll see. Um, then, uh, Winston and, uh, gold leader and barbarian who are, you know, uh, in matching gold jackets, by the way, uh, as well as Adam, we all come out and try to recruit Ethan as well. And I thought this was a funny, uh, scene just because you had all these people kind of bickering back and forth, really trying to get, you know, get this heavy hitter player. Uh, and, and he's just like, I, I can't, I can't deal with any of this. And the the kind of banter between like Gold Leader and, and Barbarian, and the little bit of stuff between Adam Wit and Barbarian was actually really funny as well. Uh, where Adam Wit's like, "What's this jacket made of?" and Barbarian's just like, "Material." And I don't know why, but it just it <laughs> on my especially on my second watch through, it just it really made me uh, laugh quite a bit uh, when I when I saw that when I like caught that line specifically. All right, so uh, then we get into the show. Ellis is talking about the undercard, uh, and he says, we know one uh, who one of the competitors is. And when I was watching this the, f the first time even, uh, I watched it Friday night, later Friday night, I had no idea who was in the undercard. So I don't know if it had gotten announced uh, earlier before the, the match dropped or something. I, I have no idea. But I had no idea that Jen Kemp was in this match. So I don't I don't know what Ellis was talking about, but uh, yeah, that was a surprise to me to to find out that Jen Kemp was in the match, uh, and she winds up going up against uh, Doug High Time Benson. Uh, that's right, uh, Doug Benson. He was uh, had his rookie season last year. He did one match. He uh, defeated Chris Van Vliet in uh, Sudden Death. Um, I mean, it was a it was a good match. It was fine. Um, but then he didn't play again. You know, I, there he was supposed to. There was a possibility that he was going to come in later on in the season. But I think there was some sort of scheduling thing that happened. Uh, but it was, you know, it, it was a surprise to see him. Uh, as the match went on, it was it was nice because like he did pretty well. But on the surface, when I looked at it, when it was okay, it was Jen Kemp and Doug Benson. I was like, huh, that's the opener for Friday Night Titans. Uh, okay. I, I'll be honest, like no offense to either of them. I was just expecting it to be a little bit of a little bit bigger. You know what I mean? Um, but either way, they put on a hell of a show, you know, and that's really what matters. 
they both they both did uh pretty damn well uh in the first round nine to eight and for you know that that's damn good you know jen only missed one uh benson missed two in that first round I, you know that's that's some solid gameplay right there uh then we got into round two doug spun the wild card actually they both wind up spinning the wild card first and they both spun away from it and that really bummed me out man because in the in the pay-per-view when the wild berries got uh, wound up getting the wild card you know on their second spin that was one of the most fun things i thought it was we didn't know what it was going to be and then it wound up being this weird ass category um and yeah sure it could have been opponent's choice it could have been spinner's choice so either way i think i'm really sad that the, that the competitors seem to be a little bit afraid of taking the wild card because uh, i would i would i'll be honest with you if i was playing i would take that wild card i i wouldn't care <laughs> and that would probably uh it would probably wind up costing me uh at least some of the time but i don't know if i could if i could pass it up i just you know what i mean it's it's just too interesting of a, of a chance because really it's a one out of three bad because i don't necessarily think the category is inherently bad because it just that all depends on what you know really um whereas opponent's choice you know it's they're gonna try to pick something very specific that you do not know um and so uh I don't know i think i would i would definitely do it <laughs> uh and so uh, like i said doug spins away and winds up getting gene hackman um he does pretty well in it uh they each wind up missing one other so he missed one um and jen unfortunately was not able to get uh the steal on that one jen spun the wild card like i said and then spun away and got mel brooks and you know, again, like I said, missed one. However, Doug winds up getting a two-point steal here because Jen, when she answered, she she seemed so sure that her answer of uh, Young Frankenstein was correct. You know, she she just seemed like she knew what it was, and that happens unfortunately sometimes. Uh, but that was not correct, and uh, Benson was able to to capitalize, get that steal of two points a big 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 swing uh and that put him in the lead he he was trailing in round one and he comes out leading by two points 17 to 15 at the end of round two so like that that was a that was a, that could have been a make or break question you know what i mean like if she had gone to multiple choice uh maybe she would have gotten it i don't know but it it, it definitely created some really good drama i'll say that um it, i had i didn't know what was going to happen you know you look at it they're they're pretty neck and neck you know jen was ahead and then all of a sudden boom the tides changed and then doug was ahead so uh, you know as you know with the schmodown anything can happen um then we get to round three and uh i talked about how last week how i i'm not a big fan of how when people um tell us the reasons why they pick numbers but there are uh, other ways to pick numbers which i think are damn fascinating and jen kep has that uh, and that's when she pulls out some dice 
to do this. She pulls out a bunch of six-sided dice and, uh, and picks her numbers that way, which I thought was really cool. Uh, though I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? That's a really cool idea. But instead, I would just take three 20-sided dice. So, you know, get three D20s, roll those. And if, you know, if one of those numbers is already taken, or, if, you know, if you get two of the same, uh, you just re-roll. But because it's one through 20, I think I think some 20-sided dice would be awesome. Just roll those three, boom, you get your random numbers. Uh, I like the idea, Jen. It was really, really uh, interesting to see. Uh, okay, so Doug had a really rough round three here. Um, he got his first question, but he winds up kind of just failing out a little bit, you know, in the rest of the of the way. Not great. Like I thought, you know, I thought we were gonna see. I mean, he's Doug loves movies. You know what I mean? So like, I was expecting this to come down to like to really get both of these players to their. Uh, to be answering more questions, get down to that five. Um, but he has a real rough round, and uh, Jen winds up getting the win, 22 to 19 here. She pulls it out. Uh, I don't even think she had to answer five. Yeah, I think she only had to do her two and her three. And so she he didn't even bring her down to her five, so I was hoping to see that. I always hope to see that, you know what I mean? Uh, I, would, I would love to see every match be a nail-biter. Just because those are the kinds of matches that you love. You know, the ones that just keep you on the edge of your seat. You have no idea what's going to happen. You know, blowouts can be cool. KOs can be interesting. But, like, and, and once in a while, that's fine. But it's those it's those nail biters that you remember, you know. Like uh, like an Alex Damon versus Andrew DiMolanta 50, 51-50 situation. That nail biter of a match. That's what you love. That's what sticks in your head. And so I'm always hoping for one of those. Uh, okay, so during the the post interview for this, uh, Ben Bateman crashed uh, Jen's interview to kind of hype the den since they are on the same team. He he showed up there, um, you know, showing his support for uh, Jen. Uh, Andrew Guy even kind of teased, well, maybe there'll be a team. I don't think that's going to happen. I I just, I mean, it's possible, but I really do think that Ben is just going to focus on singles. You know. Um, and I think that Kate is going to find somebody, I don't know who, but somebody for Jen to team with. Um, I'm still rooting for Paige for Betty, but a Janine might be good too. You know, she, she's a free agent now. She's a, what they call a rogue now. So that, uh, that could be, uh, I think an interesting pairing uh as well so uh, i don't know i hope that we get some more uh announcements like that you know if he, if if christian is going to be running this this faction story like getting you know continuing to build these factions and making them a center part of uh the storylines then i hope that we start to get more information about who's on like who's going to wind up on these factions because most of them still have open spots and i know it's early it's only you know the the second set of matches you know we had the pay-per-view and now we have the first episode of, of friday night titans but um you know i want to know more and uh obviously we're, we're gonna get more you know and now we have a you know as we find out at the end of the uh, of the episode we have a whole new faction coming through uh or at least a team 
I actually don't know if it's going to be a faction. It could just be a team with a manager, like it was way back in the day. Um, that happened a lot. So I guess, I guess we will see uh, how that goes. Uh, and then before the second match gets started, Adam Witt comes running out to announce that he has signed his first player to the fan favorites, and that is JTE, who is just about to have a match. So now, now we know JTE, very first member of the fan favorites. Who else will he get? Who knows, man? Uh, <laughs> I, that's, I think the fan favorites one is probably my favorite uh, like faction storyline thing happening because we literally have no idea. You know, it is a brand new faction started off with no people. And so like just finding out who is Adam Witt going to get. And I feel like it's just going to be like, it's going to be random. And I love that. You know, uh, I love the, just the mystery of it all. So <laughs> I, I hope he's able to get some fun, interesting people and uh, get some wins in his column. You know, that, that that's pretty key as well. Uh, then we get another scene with Ethan. Uh, you know, he's thinking about, you know, when he had the title and then, he starts thinking about when he lost the title to Marisol. Uh, and then as he's kind of in his head about all this stuff, Janine comes up. And they start talking. And she suggests getting Time Machine back together. Which was something I had talked about uh, last on last week's episode. The possibility of maybe Time Machine getting back together. Which I thought would have been really cool. You know? Uh, he says that he needs to think about it. We know... You know, if you're watching this, I have to assume you've watched the episode. If not, well, I mean, I, I'm talking spoilers and that's what I do, you know. And so uh, <laughs> we know he did not join her. But I, I think it would have been interesting to see them back together. Um, I really do want to see Janine thrive this season. So I do. I like that she's kind of front and center for storyline stuff right now. Um, because that means we're going to start seeing stuff from her. Uh, and we already know we're going to be seeing her next week, so that'll be uh, that'll be really nice to see. So then the match gets started. JTE has a brand new theme, which I really dig, and he has a whole new look. You know, he's wearing, like, this shiny jacket. He's got a necklace on. He's wearing a beanie hat and glasses. He's got a cane, you know? Uh, very different from the JTE look that we have seen in the past, but it's still... In some weird way, it still suits him, you know? It almost, to me, it almost felt like he was taking a page out of, like, Gucci's book. You know what I mean? If It felt real. Like, I could see I could see Gucci wearing this. I, I really could. <laughs> Doing the same thing. Him with with JTE that way. I, I could easily have seen that, uh, that outfit working with the, uh, the exchange. Uh, especially, you know, you look at what Gold Leader and Barbarian were wearing. They had those shiny gold jackets. So it, it, it seems like it would absolutely fit uh, kind of perfectly. Uh, and so, like I said, brand new theme, brand new look. But throughout that first season, we get classic JTE all the way through. Uh, mispronunciations, misspellings, hilarity. Uh, he, he does great character work. JTE, there are times where I'm like, oh, I can't stand JTE, but that's him playing that character the way it's supposed to be, you know, because he, 
he's playing that heel. You know, you don't want to like him uh, a lot of the times, but he is so damn entertaining. It's it's hard. It's hard to not, you know, you kind of cheer for him. But when he's up against a, a Brendan Meyer, sorry, guy, you're never going to get my vote. <laughs> uh, Shazam is my number one team. And uh, Brendan Meyer, he's, he's up there for me. I, I love the kid. He, he's fantastic. Uh, and we got a great first round from both players here. Both getting nine, tied game 9-9. to They each only missed one. I mean, that's a hell of, a, of an opening score uh, for any player, really. And so it's nice that both matches, like we didn't see anybody really flounder uh, right away. You know, like the third round kind of kicked some people, but people's all four competitors started off real strong right off the bat. You know, uh, three of the four competitors getting nine points with one getting eight. That, that That's strong performances right there. Uh, then round two, JTE spins Kevin Hart, decides he doesn't want that respins, lands on Oscars, and he winds up missing two questions here. Uh, ha giving Brendan Meyer a three-point uh, advantage in steals. Rough round for uh, for JTE here. Not great to give away that many steals. Luckily for him, he was able to make up a little bit of that in uh, Brendan's round. Uh, Brendan got martial arts, respun, and landed on Kevin Hart, which is what uh, JTE had originally spun. And I think it was a very, very smart idea for Brendan to spin away from martial arts. I don't know what Brendan's knowledge base in martial arts is, but I know that JTE, that's one of his strengths, is martial arts movies. I've seen him demolish a round two martial arts category. Just go, go, go perfect in that. And so it's it was smart. I don't, I'm, I'm assuming that he knows that, and so I'm, 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 I'm going to have to assume that he chose to spin away uh, because he knew that was a big strength of JTE, and then it's probably not a big strength of his own. So it was smart, um, and he did he did do really well in this category. Out of the five questions, he only missed uh, one, and it was multiple choice, so he only was only gave up one point uh, to JTE for a steal, uh, and. Brendan took a big lead here. You know, it was tied after round one. And uh, because JTE had such uh, a poor round two, giving away all, you know, so many points, uh, Brendan was able to uh, take a five-point lead, 20 to 15 at the end of round two. Um, and then we got into round number three, where uh, JT had another really rough round here. You know, I think on any any other day, you know, having that that five point deficit, you know, that rough round in round two, it's not good, obviously. But you, I've seen people bounce back from that, you know. And if he had gone perfect in round three, there would have been a chance here. You know, he may have made it through. Um, it's it's tough to say what could have happened. It's tough to say what uh, questions, obviously, would. Brendan Meyer have gotten we don't know um but it, it, 
you always it's always about those what ifs right you know it, what if jd had gotten all of his round three questions right it could have been a very different game but uh unfortunately for for jte he did miss his three and his five uh but we did get a little bit of drama here we got adam witt coming out at the end uh after the round five but after they had announced a winner and everything to challenge that five pointer um saying that uh, the character of ken from a fish called wanda was wasn't actually a gangster you know questioning whether or not he was i should say uh, a gangster and i wound up having to look it up too because i was like okay mark's over here citing wikipedia and then he makes a joke you know it's like you know we did you know use other sources and everything but i was like okay i'm gonna look it up myself and the wording is a little eh, questionable uh when you're looking it up because it talks about um i don't remember the the other character's name but there's a gate there there is a gangster but ken is like his right hand man or like his aide you know it, it says in certain you know it's like his uh, his lackey at in certain descriptions and I guess it makes me wonder do we consider like the lackey also as a gangster i don't know you know the word choice is is a little bit questionable um but i don't disagree with the ruling uh, i i i just don't i think that it was the correct way to rule uh this one and again unfortunately for jte it it cost him the match you know it cost him the possibility of of moving forward um in this match and uh brendan winds up taking the win 20 to 17 uh via a, a tko he didn't even have to answer a single question uh in his round of three here then we get through the interviews you know they're pretty standard nothing really jumped out to me about the uh, the, the post interviews for this one but after the interviews, Ethan Irwin comes out. His music goes off. He comes out the curtain. And he's here. He, he's ready to reveal, essentially, what he's going to do going forward. And he brings out Janine. And it's like, oh, sweet. You know, Time Machine are getting back together. Awesome. And not, not, not happening. Uh, instead... He, he tells her that uh, their team, the, you know, the, the team up of, 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 uh, of Time Machine, that's the past. And he's got to look toward the future. And he brings out his brand new manager, and it's none other, of course, than Roxy Stryer from the stars. You know, just stabbing freaking Janine just a little bit more uh, after what happened uh, last week. So Ethan has officially joined the stars and is now challenging Janine to a match on next week's uh, episode of Friday Night Titans. And uh, Janine, she's pissed about everything that's happened. And she, she, they give her like until like Tuesday or whatever to, uh, to decide. And she doesn't need any time. She accepts their offer uh, and it's going to be a battle. You know, I'm actually really excited to watch this one. Uh, I'm sure I'll be excited to watch them all. But this this will be a, a, a big one, I think. And uh, if Janine can pull out the win here, I think this will really put her on a great trajectory for the rest of the season. This is her 
this is her moment. If she really wants to have success this season, then Ethan is the hurdle that she has to she has to climb. So we're gonna see if she can do it. I really, I really hope she can. So yeah, Janine versus Ethan for next week's episode is gonna be good. And then we got a essentially a post-credit scene because I had originally turned off the episode because you see the little uh oh, I don't even know like the it's like a little credits bar at the bottom. Uh, and then the screen goes black, and I and I and I ended it. And then come to find out, you know, I was watching it with a friend of mine, and come to find out there was still more. Luckily, she was still watching it, and uh, <laughs> so I turned it back on, and there was a whole nother extra little scene there with Ty Lieberman and Whitney Seibold, and they they decide they're gonna team up, and I gotta say, I didn't really care for ty lieberman this past season and i think it's really just like i didn't like his character all that much and that's that's totally fine but the thought of him teamed up with whitney really intrigues me i think that they will actually be a really good fit together and i can't wait to see what they do um uh, i'm hoping that we get to see them play together soon because I don't know, I think the chemistry is going to be going to be there. Uh, but Whitney's like, I'm not going to play for just any old manager, you know. I'm not going to play for a Kaiser. I'm not going to play for a Shannon. And they're like, we need the best of the best. And then up pops the flirting flouse. I died. It was awesome to see him pop up. And that's where I have the wonder. Are we getting a new faction? Or is this just a team with a manager? You know, the way it had been for seasons beyond, you know, in the past where we, we had a few managers who would manage, you know, random teams or, you know, a couple of random factions that were, you know, would, would have feuds and things like that. Because um, we never had the amount of factions that were just roaming free as we do right now. So that's why it worries me that there's no real plan for the factions. But if if they can keep it rolling and uh, make things interesting and, and not have every single thing be centered around the factions, because if, if everything is centered around the factions, well, then there's no point in not having the faction race. Um, but if, if, you know, we can start getting stuff where it's not just factions doing their thing, then I think, uh, you know, because like we saw with Doug, Doug's not on a faction. He's a rogue. So that was cool. But all the other players are not are on factions. Like JTE get, got signed before the match. Um, and so I'm hoping that that's not always going to kind of be the thing, um, which I don't I really don't think it will be. I think I think we're going to get some more interesting stuff. And like I said, it's really early in the season. And uh, and, and, and Christian is brilliant when it comes to these storylines. So I have full faith that he knows what he's doing. Um, I just, it, it bums me out that it seems like the, the faction stuff is getting kind of sidelined because I enjoyed that stuff. Um, I know that it wasn't as interesting and I'm not saying we should go back to the way it was. Obviously not. I love what they're doing now, but what I, what I want is a nice, mesh of that you know really to be able to combine them and have like some sort of mini 
faction race going on in the background where it still matters but it's not all consuming so i don't know hopefully we will see uh more stuff like that but yeah uh, i think this was a great first episode of friday night titans uh i'm i'm really excited to see what comes next week you know uh between the storylines uh and what the undercard match will be and i'm really excited to see this janine and ethan match it's going to be damn good i'm hoping that maybe we get like uh like a teams match or something because uh we have not uh i mean we had the the wild berries teams match which was great but you know let's let's get some more teams going on um or maybe even a star wars match like i know that he's you know star wars is kind of sideline for most of, like it's not as important right now which is sad it's going to be kind of go back to the way that it was before uh the digital era where it's just it's not it's not as focused on which i understand you know there's a there's a budget and you gotta you gotta follow that and you you know sometimes you gotta cut things i get that um but you know obviously i still want to see it you know there's a lot of fantastic players in in the the, that division and what i hope i'm hoping for let's get like a four-way you know the the desks are the yeah the the desk areas are set up for up to, at least up to four people so let's get a four-way going um i think that four-way star wars match would be fantastic i would love to see that uh just gotta duke it out i'd love to see those types of things come back those like triple threats and the four ways and the five ways. I don't know with the desk setup, um, how necessarily the triple threat or the five way will work. Uh, because you, I don't think you could get three people on one side and two on the other and having one person on one side and two on the other seems a little unfair as well. So I don't know if they would have like an extra thing that they could put in the center where an extra person could be. But uh, I'm sure that they could figure it out. <laughs> I hope that we still, no matter what, at least the four ways we get to see. Because uh, those are some of the stuff that I love uh, the most. Uh, just like getting to see all these different different uh, competitors kind of all at one time duking out. It, it's, it's stuff that I love. Uh, let's see. Got a, co a quick comment here before we wrap up the show from uh, Alicia. Both matches were good, but I'm ready for some nail biters. Yes, nail biters all the way. Uh, I really want to see those wild slices more too. Curious about the mystery categories. Yes, absolutely. Uh, those wild card uh, slices need to get chosen, people. Come on. Don't be afraid of the wild card. You know, just embrace it. Just embrace it. And maybe, just maybe, it will benefit you. You never know until you try. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to see some more of that. But uh, that's all that I've got for this episode, for episode number 62 of Talking Schmodown. Uh, I, again, am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Rainer. That's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R. As well as right down, where is it? Ooh, right down there at Movie Blog Merc. That's the Twitter page for my site, Merc with Movie Blog. You are if you are watching this on video, you are watching it on the Mercury Movie Blog uh, YouTube channel. So if you know if you like what you see, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, and click that little bell 
uh, so you get notified whenever I drop another video. If you're listening on audio, uh, you can head on over to anchor.fm slash movieblogmerk, and you can leave me a voice message over there. Or if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you want to leave me a five-star review, make sure to write out a review as well, and I'll read it out on air. Uh, I'd love to interact with everybody uh, and see kind of how they're uh, feeling about the show. Um, again, follow me on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk. And uh, until next time, guys, we have been talking Schmodown. I hope you guys enjoy yourselves and have a great, great night.